0: The Hard Shoulder on News Talk. With Nissan, subscribe and drive. No deposit, no compromise, no fuss. Find out more at Nissan.ie.
1: You're very welcome back to the Hard Shoulder. Kieran Cuddihy with you until 7 o'clock. It is that time of the week when Tom Don joins us to talk about the latest from the world of music. First up, we'll take a listen to this. the Rolling Stones, the Beatles shaft theme from Isaac Hayes. Why am I listening to all of that?
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you that. And, you know, I kind of assumed that you would be able to identify all three of them. So I'm sorry, but there's no actual bonus points for that, I'm oh. afraid.
1: I kind of, no, I, I, was, I felt a little bit there like, you know that round in question of sport where they just play a clip and they have to answer questions afterwards. I'm like, Peter Beardsley took that shot. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maria yeah. Sharapova. No, no preparation <laughs>
0: can, can prepare you for this question. Okay. Are you ready now for your question? Have you your finger on the buzzer? I have. Okay. Can you now name the guitar effects pedal, pedals used in each of those tracks which made the tracks so distinctive and famous?
1: Can I name the pedal? Um, yeah. Frank guitar effects pedals. Uh Tom and Jerry, Anne and yeah. Barry. Yeah. Am I? Th- in they're the right all area?
0: excellent names yeah. for them. The Rolling Stones were making use of a fuzz tone guitar effects pedal. That was the first real commercial use of the fuzz tone, which then went on to inspire many people, including, uh, of course, Jimmy, the wonderful Jimmy, and. Uh, <laughs> Yes, the shaft. <laughs> that, that was, of course, and I know listeners were, were ringing in during it. That was the wow wah pedal.
1: The wow pedal. It's called the
0: wow pedal because okay. it sounds like wow wow wow. It sounds like that right. And then Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is probably my favorite pedal because that's a flange pedal. So we were listening to a bit of flange during... This right. Game. So the fuzz tone, yes. the
1: wah-wah and the flange were the answer.
0: Flange, oh, yes. Oh,
1: God, I wouldn't uh, have got much well, points in University Challenge there now.
0: It, well, n- not many people would. And I'm as- asking you all that because there's a new movie out this week. And in it, various guitar players like Kevin Shields My Bloody Valentine, Graham Coxon from Blur and Billy Corgan from uh, Smashing Pumpkins discuss their favourite pedals. And they do that over the course of two and a half hours. Uh, talking about pedals. It, it's hard to believe, you know, because pedal is also a metaphor of something else, which this is very close to. <laughs> and um, what, what, the point they're trying to make is that an electric guitar is really just, if you hear a normal electric guitar without a, a pedal, it just sounds like a loud acoustic. So it's the pe- the effects pedals that make them sound interesting. So that they're talking about how it's made people like Jimi Hendrix, Katie Tunstlech here and they've all used them. How they've made them and driven their kind of sound forward. There's two very famous ones for us U2's The Edge. Any guitar player worth his salt knows that it was a WEM copycat effects pedal that he used. That became his signature sound to the point where nobody else could use a WEM copycat because people would immediately say, You sound like U2. Stop. You sound like U2. And the Shoegazers movement. You know the Shoegazers movement? They've kind of. Guitar bands ride and My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't looking at their shoes. They were, they were looking, at looking the down at their pedals.
1: Ah, that's what they isn't were looking at. Isn't that amazing?
0: All that is these interesting. Years later, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it?
1: isn't it? Yeah, that is interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is this this is a movie for anorax, though, isn't it? Uh, I have a guitar playing Anorax. Yeah, yeah the <laughs> special brand of Anorax. Out.
0: Yes, <laughs> I think you know the fact that it takes two and a half hours to do this. That. That's the sign right there that they don't want normal mortals. <laughs> a normal mortal, ninety minutes tops on, on how how important effects pedals are. But this is for the people who just love guitars and like to share notes on what gauge strings do you use. So I've two final questions for you. Just okay. To, you know, these are multiple choice, so you should be okay with these. Okay, okay. go. The Bellcat TRM six oh seven, is it an effects pedal or a Russian fighter? It's a Russian fighter. No, it's an effective. And then... (laughs) The Sub-Zero Tundra. Is that a pedal or an expensive fridge?
1: The Sub-Zero Tundra. I think that's a vehicle on Paw Patrol. I'm fairly sure. It's a... uh, I'm going to go for... You're not going to give me two pedal questions. I'm going to think that's a fridge. Yeah, you've got them both
0: wrong. They were both... Ah, God. (laughs)
1: All right. Okay, I've shown myself up. I'm an utter ignoramus when it comes to guitar effects pedals. Um, Well, I suppose you can't know everything. Uh, Your album of the week, we'll move on to... Sorry, we should say the pedal movie is available on video on demand on lots of different platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Voodoo, you name it. Uh, Now, your album of the week. Let's take a listen. Everybody
0: thinks my head's full of nothing. Wanna put special stuff in Fill up the space with candy Keep on sexy.
1: Now there's an unmistakable voice, Tom. Tom Jones. Yeah, just,
0: um, I, I love the album. It's called Surrounded by Time. It's the UK number one this week, which makes him the oldest ever male uh, to go to number one. He's 80 years and 10 months. And the man he beat was Bob Dylan, who at 79 was number one back last June. And it's the third album he's done with a guy called Eaton Johns. The two of them, are, are, they're a great little partnership together. It's kind of reminiscent of Johnny Cash and Rick Rubin and the American albums, which Johnny Cash recorded at the end of his life. And they were really brilliant albums. What was great about them was that his age and his experience really informed the vocals. And the same is happening here. I love it. But whilst I do love the album, I really wanted to have it as the album of the week so that I could tell you this story about Tom. Um, he looks after himself put things mildly and he starts his day every day by hanging upside down from the bathroom door. He has special things that go around his ankles and suspend him upside down for uh, 30 minutes, I believe. Right. It's good for putting the blood back into your brain, but it also reverses that process that happens to you as you get older, where you start to shrink, um, your, your bones kind of compress. So this time last year, he was five foot nine and he's now back to his normal height, five foot ten. So what can we say? Hang upside down from the bathroom door for a few minutes every morning and you'll be a taller man. Hey,
1: amount. is that true? Tom Dunn, yes, Tom, Don, Tom Jones has gotten taller by hanging out of the Jack's door.
0: Yes, it is true. <laughs> would I lie to you? Yeah, I don't think I don't think I? I don't think I don't think you would,
1: on. but then these stories are so outlandish and even the stuff about yes. the pedals that you could be lying to me and I'd have no way of knowing. No. Um all right, it's just okay. the music world is crazy, Ciaran. That's you, all it is. It's just it is a crazy world. absolutely crazy. Rock and roll—that's what you got to do. And hang out of your bathroom door for 30 minutes every morning, and you won't shrink. Uh, Tom Jones' new album, "Surrounded by Time," it's out now. It's number one in the UK, as Tom said. Uh, your gig of the week, Tom. Uh, for uh, fans of Peaky Blinders, they're going to know this next one. I'm not a fan of Peaky Blinders, Tom, so you're going to have to tell me what I'm listening to. No,
0: it's too violent for me as well. Um, I'll tell you why I'm playing this. There's, a, uh, there's no gigs to tell you about, obviously, but there's a brilliant new book out about uh, the young Nick Cave. It's called Boy on Fire by a man called Mark Morgy. And I think it is absolutely brilliant. It it just conter- concerns itself with his formative years, which I think is a really good idea, because one of the things, the problems you run into when you talk about Nick Cave is, it's very hard to separate the man from the myth. This myth has grown up about him. And it's, there's a lot to it. He's a real genius. He's a real titan of the last 20 or 30 years in music. And he's a very clever, wise man. You wonder, you know, did he arrive on Earth on a bolt of lightning or something? So. For this to go back and trace his formative years and his family, I'm finding it an absolutely fascinating read. Little things like his granddad had his own radio show and used to tell ghost stories during the radio show. But also he was a Prussian descent, uh, descent and his actual name is unpronounceable, but he is the one who after World War II adopted the name of Cave for the family, which was his mother's maiden name. And that's where the whole cave thing begins. If you're looking for influences on Nick Cave, his dad is the really big one. His dad was a teacher, but he was a very driven teacher. He went to a, an outback town in Australia and he set up an acting group, a drama group. And he was very well read and he and Nick would bond over books. He gave a very young Nick Cave, he gave him a Lolita to read, which might seem like a very strange thing to give your son. But Nick says he didn't really notice the, the sexual content of it. He just it was just poring over the language. And it's the beginning of, you could see this lifelong love of language being nurtured in him and thereafter little small things like very intelligent kid but in loads of trouble in school got bored really easily and when punk hits he's just that little combination of the books that he's read his dad's experience dad dies very young in a car crash as well it just leaves him perfectly placed to write songs and develop in a band and develop into this wonderful uh, person that he is now i played that little track uh, little piece of red right hand from peaky's because when you read the book that literally the lyrics of that literally describe his everyday walk down to this bridge where he used to jump from the bridge into the river to swim and literally it's just describing that. It sounds very dramatic in the song but it's just really a description of the walk he used to go on growing up. So for Nick Cave fans, this is an absolute gem and will make sense of how he's become so incredibly talented. Boy on Fire, it's called and it's from Mark Mordew.
1: Lolita, you mentioned it there. Yes. Do you want a little uh, bit of useless information? Go on. Nabokov was very highly regarded in the butterfly world. He he studied the migration patterns of the blue Icarus butterfly and was the first person to notice the impact of some sort of change in weather patterns on uh, the migration pattern of this butterfly. And by things like the Royal Society and all of these things that were very popular at the time, he was like a highly regarded scientist.
0: Well, you live and learn. There it's a two-way street today. I'm bringing guitar petals and Tom Jones' increasing height. And you have Nabokov's love of butterflies.
1: This yeah. Is, you know, this is right, Joel, speaking of butterflies, then a bit of cross-pollination. I actually know that because I read a book that Pat Kenny featured on his show by Carlo Rovelli. There are places in the world where rules are less important than kindness. Now, I recommend it since now, uh, Tom is uh, recommending things. What is your tip of the week, Tom?
0: Kieran that was just beautiful. My tip of the week <laughs> is Don Lunny. He has a new project that he is involved in, which is called Atlantic Arc. It's a thing he started in 2016. A um, whole load of different musicians who play together, and there were some of them from France and and Scotland, and but they're all united by the type of music, kind of Celtic influenced music they play. It's a really, really beautiful thing. And he's involved in a Kickstarter campaign to try and get an album together. The single is gorgeous, and I'll play it tonight. And Don will be on my show tonight. But there was a thing that Steve Earle said once, I think there's a lot of wisdom to it. He said, everything that's good in Ireland inevitably seems to involve a bit of Donald Lunny in, in it at some point, whether it's Planksy or the stuff he's done with Sharon Shannon or a million other things. So he says he finds great chemistry in this. They get on really well together. So if you want to contribute to getting the album off the ground, and they will do things for you in this Kickstarter world, such as possibly write a song for you. So say you had a loved one coming up to a significant birthday, you could get a song written for them, which I think would be a pretty impressive present. So, Don Lunny, go to Kickstarter and Atlantic Arc is the
1: name of the band. All right, there you go. That's the tip of the week. Tom, a pleasure as always. Thanks a million for all of that. Let's get the latest news headlines now on the hard shoulder. Here's Eamon. <laughs>